asleep. the way that we're introducing this show now on the last episode <laughs> oh yeah hey what's going on there everybody dj birds coming at you michael myers lemon in the house we got the stalking carpenter coming on in uh yeah it's me mike birds i'm joined by robert anderson hey how's it going where this is Stalking Carpenter, where we are covering the filmography in chronological order of uh, the the man, the myth, the legend himself, John Carpenter, um, someone who in a uh, recent interview called Ronald Reagan uh, an old piece of shit, even though Ronald Reagan is very much fucking dead. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean that. It still remains to be true. It's pretty He's good. It's pretty, he just he went. <laughs> he take he takes the answer to that because the question was like. Isn't it crazy how they live just gets more and more kind of just like resonant as it goes on? And he starts out just like, well, this is what we were doing. And like the lat it ends with just like, that's not the way it works, you old piece of shit. <laughs> call him Ronald Rick. <laughs> Good. Uh, but yeah, we love John Carpenter. This is our last episode of Stalking Carpenter. We started all the way back Woo. with um, Assault on Precinct 13 and Halloween. And here we are talking about... His last two efforts, which are a bummer. We're going to talk about them. We'll yep. see uh, yeah. where we all land. I was really hoping for um, something a little a little retroactive kind of. Uh, I've watched all of his movies now, and this is going to be the last one. There's there's an enjoyment to be had here, and I I have seen both these movies that we're going to discuss uh, before. Um. I hadn't seen them in a very long time. I hadn't seen either of them since they were released. Ghosts of Mars. Yeah. Uh, 2001, the movie that uh, notoriously um, shamed John Carpenter into retirement only for him to return 10 years later uh, with The Ward, uh, starring teen heartthrob Amber Heard, who has never done anything wrong ever. <laughs> I don't know much about her, her story. I'm assuming she's done things that are wrong. Uh, that's Johnny Depp's <clears throat> wife. Oh, oh. so we're well, going to back right off of that and we're just going to let other people talk about how weird of a person Amber Heard must be. Um, yes. But no, we're getting ahead of ourselves. So we're talking Ghost of Mars, Ice Cube, the chick Ice from Cube. Species. Yeah, uh, uh, Ghost of Mars. Um, go on. Yeah, tell me. I will. I will say, watching both these movies, I was just like, I might be just fucking done with this. I it just literally might be is fucking done. Like it I, is the it's the oh. period at the end of the sentence that we have been rambling on for the past year. God, dude, it was so and like and I was like kind of in the same boat. I had the same spirit to me at first, but I was just like, 
you know, these are the final ones. I had a really good time doing this. Even even some of the warts, I like found ways to enjoy them. You know, I think I could get with it. And uh, for for the minimal joy I did have, uh, it was short lived because I just it was. It took me a long time to watch these movies, and I was I was frustrated. <laughs> I was yeah, just like, I, I don't want to. I do usually this. try not to take any breaks during movies. Sometimes late at night. I'll, I'll give myself the good halfway through. I'll go smoke a cigarette. Sure. Something like that. I've been trying to cut back on the smoking, so I'm chilling. Um, no, I'm a functioning alcoholic, so I have a fridge right by my TV, so I never have to pause it to go get a, a drink. Sure, but I if, need you gotta to, get a, if you got to get a pizza or something, you know. That, well, that, this, yeah. this is the thing. Is you got to get a pizza, a wood oven pizza maker down there? I got so bored watching The Ward, which we'll get to in a moment, that I literally that made so gluten-free feels... pizza from scratch yeah. while it was going on. I was like... All right, well, I'm going to pause this and go mix some dough together. All right, I'll let it rise for half an hour. Watch half an hour of the ward. I pause it. I'm like, okay, now I need to bake it for five minutes. Watch five minutes of the ward. All right, now it's time to put the tomato sauce and the mozzarella. I, I was like, I this movie could not grab me for longer than the two minutes from when I would press play between my breaks. Yeah. Like, I was just like, okay, it's about something's going to happen now. We're getting ahead of ourselves with the ward, though. Ghost of Mars. <laughs> yeah. One thing to kind of start maybe on Ghost of Mars is uh, how I think about these two movies as John Carpenter's last two movies. It is unlikely that he is ever going to direct anything again because I think that he understands that he's lost it. That whatever it was that he had was slowly kind of transforming because he's we've always talked about his transformative career and how he started out, you know, the small scale assault Halloween escape from New York started getting a little bit more uh, mainstream with the thing they live that stuff. And then into the 90s, he started kind of getting a little goofy and having fun and kind of doing some weird shit that we all that we both liked. We, we, we liked. Yeah. And I think Ghost of Mars is the unfortunate end road of that, where it's just like, it's the most Carpenter movie ever to its uh, detriment. To its detriment. It also is like the most like early 2000s movie. It's insanely it's like, so... it reeks of the first Resident Evil movie, you know, yeah. where it's just like, and that movie I it's love. somehow like less interesting. Yeah. I... It's just, uh, it's, it's, it's got a crazy cast. Like in hindsight, you're just like Jason yeah. Statham is here, Clay Duvall is here, Ice Cube, Ice Cube, the dude from Revenge of the Nerds. You're just like, okay, I'm into this, but it's just, yeah, it's it suffers from, and it suffers from. I think Carpenter wants to do so many different things. He wants to do aliens. He wants to do running zombies. He wants to do you Pre know assault uh, on precinct thirteen. Uh, uh, yeah, exactly. You know, like, like assault on thirteen, kind of like uh, trapped kind of stuff, and and uh, yeah. good guys and bad guys teaming up. It's like the exact same thing. There's a lot of all of his movies in here. There's a lot of the futurisms of Escape from New York. You know, the possessive nature of the thing and the antitrust. Like all of this is here, but then it's just like dropping like heavy metal guitars behind it and like. It's doing very, flashbacks within flashbacks within yeah, flashbacks, that, which is that fucking crazy. crazy. Just, just like the fact that the movie, its narrative structure is that it's the framing thing. devices. Fucking what? nuts! Why? It's Why? Crazy. It's Why? Crazy. Why? Why are we and doing like, this? You're like getting to the point where there's ten minutes left of the movie. Yeah, and you're like, 
why is everyone still alive? Like, I know that all... The, and they just kill everyone in this stretch of, like, 35 seconds. Yeah. And almost all of them are unceremonious. Like, couple guy gets... Like, Clay DeVal is the only one who gets, like, her head chopped off. You don't even see what happens to Jason Statham. When she's shooting her guns, her, her dual guns... Good. And, like, and her arms are, like, kind of limp. And, yeah. and half the time, the, um... The uh, I forget the name of it, but like the the, the what would make the muzzle flash, like the fake thing yeah. in there that make the, they just don't go off, but the sound yeah. effect is in there. I was just like, what? This movie is happening in this. This movie, movie is too Carpenter for its own good. As yeah. the Ward, I think is doesn't even look like a Carpenter movie in any way. It's weird. It's got none it's of the feeling weird, of it. Weird man. If you didn't, if it didn't have John Carpenter's name above the title. And at the end of the credits, I would never in a million years think that that's him. There's well, a couple it's, it's, tunnel shots, but there's nothing yeah. in there that shows it's him. But it's that's, weird that's, seeing just a movie of his in HD. Like that's you know also, what I mean. Like yeah. like just seeing that is just like it's just. And I don't know if the movie was shot digitally or on film. It, it looked like it was it was digital, but I I can't. 2011. Say. Yeah, it's got to be digital. Yeah. So I was just like, it's so. And I, and at first with. And yeah, I guess we're we're kind of we're jumping around, but I don't. I don't we're know. jumping around with these fucking yeah. things. I don't. We have other things we want to talk about, and that will take a significant time, I'm sure. But um, yeah. So like you know, seeing a, a, one of his movies like digital, I was like at first I was just like you know it's kind of cool seeing him embrace this not maybe not aesthetic, but just like you know a, a technological leap. You know, like seeing him return being an HD. It's like. All right, that's cool. And then it starts with like, oh, it's like more intimate story. It's more insular. That's very Carpenter in a way. And then just, you know, nothing fucking happens in the movie. And then, you know, by the time it has its reveal, it feels like it's, you know, a freshman screenwriter's first draft in the one-to-one class. I'm just like, this is fucking garbanzo beans. It's terrible. It, it is banana coconuts. Yeah, it's. I don't know, man. Ghost of Mar- <laughs> Go Ghosts of Mars is just there's so much in there that's 2001. The first, the first shot of Ghosts of Mars, I actually think kind of fucking slaps. Like the train coming at the camera and that riff is going. Oh yeah, I was like, oh yeah. This it is starts cool. off. You're like, here this we go. I like cool. this, and yeah. then it's just it's like terrible. Um, <laughs> it's one of the greatest examples of you see. This is what they did with movies before 9/11. You know, like this, it's like one of the perfect examples of that, that it's just like, there's, there's so little here. Like, what is the contemporary message? All of Carpenter's movies, one of the most interesting things about them that we've, again, explored over the past year is that he's always trying to say something, which not all movies do. Like Friday the 13th isn't trying to say something like the remake or whatever like that. Like they're just like, this is that Carpenter's movies, whether they're horrors, comedies or action movies are always have a very basic message. Something that is just very loose that you can kind of grab onto that. Everything kind of ties together and ghosts of Mars. I'm just like, what is this? Like, is there like a colonialism thing going on here or what is this? No, like, well, no, because are, are it, it these presents... supposed to be like Native Americans? Because if so, if, that's really fucked up. Because these well, guys, because look he's not even crazy. taking like you know, there, there's a there's a movie that's very inspired by Carpenter that deals with colonization that I'd love uh-huh. to talk about at some point. But um, this movie, like if 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 you attribute that mindset to 
Ghosts of Mars, it's like, ooh, because like you know the way it's presenting the native people of this planet yeah is disgust it it would be disgusting if that is the mindset really into it really fucking weird man yeah and like you know and again like there's some carpenterisms as always where i'm like i like that when they be they get all possessed they like they like start mutating themselves i hate the way the logic of how the ghost spreads now I like Mars. I like, wind. I like the concept of like, okay. but they never ex- execute it well enough. Where it's like, mm-hmm. I love the idea of like zombies. It's zombies, but they're fast. We already know that's cool. That has been yeah. proven that fast zombies are also cool. Yeah. Agreed. But the way that you get turned into a zombie is not by getting bit. It's by if you kill a zombie, oh, okay. you can get infected. I like that idea. But they still just shoot these things left Const- and right. Constantly. Constantly. So there's no, like, real logic to, like... That's why I was it. like, oh, man, that'd be great. Where it's like, there's zombies that you can't kill unless you absolutely have to. And odds are you're going to get infected if you do. I like that idea. But they never use that. They never use it like that. They're just like, we're just going to have the camera and we're going to throw, like, a red filter over it and we're gonna kind of do when they do like you know it's a fucking nine inch nails music video when it's just like or like i no, not nine inch nails but like i was thinking like every time like the you know from the the ghost pov i guess when it's about to like move around i was like this is just like the worst slipknot music video yeah ever just like it's just like i don't know i speaking of which have you seen that slipknot music video edit where they they replace the uh the baseball bat hitting the keg with the guy hitting the dude in the face with the twisted T. No, that sounds good. Yeah. What is it? It's uh, what's the Slipknot song? Um, if the pain goes on, mm-hmm. I'm uh, not gonna take it. Bow, bow down, bow down, bow down. Do you bow, know, bow, have you ever seen, bow, uh, have you ever seen Slipknot live before? <laughs> so I, so I have, I didn't, but I didn't go. I don't know. Well, because if you hear no, my... it's okay. It's, it's your face more than everything. Like, I was like, you seen it. what's the serious question that's about to come out of Robbie's mouth? I'm just hesitating. No, I have not. Yes. I went to see... Uh, <laughs> the first show I ever went to was... Okay. I was seeing Cody and Cambria in 2009. But Cody and Cambria wasn't really big enough to headline their own shows yet. So and they were that, opening... they're a very good Slipknot opener. Like that's like oh let's, open e- for let's Slip- ease into well, it. Yeah. Well, first, well, so they did open for Slipknot, but all the Slipknot fans fucking hated Coed, and they were like booing them and screaming at them. And then Slipknot came on, and I watched them for five minutes, and then fucking left because it was the craziest thing I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. They have so yeah, many. They they, they kind of have like a Guar thing going on. They're that's like, like their, that's like their show. vibe. Yeah, yeah. They had uh, one drummer who was like on a spinning circle thing. His kit was like on a circle that rotated around. And then there's Clown, who's the clown, and he was just hitting his foot with a hammer. Musicians, artists, Ghosts of Mars, Slipknot. Ghosts of Mars. Uh, Jason Statham. He's, he wants to fuck so bad. In this movie. I could, does he? Because I couldn't tell. I was, the whole time I was trying to figure out if he. If he this, wanted to, the scene where have our, sex with uh, anyone, the scene where our hero uh, is like, honestly, yeah, let's let's kiss. I was just like, I hate this movie. Yeah, I had no idea what he, was going on. He there. just he just closes the door and locks it. and He's just like, 
So yeah, I, I was know like, I've been trying to, a- I know I've been trying to fuck you the entire time. How about we do it? And he's, she's like, yeah, I guess so. Oh, you finally wore me down, as always works. <laughs> yes. Persistence and he's just, he's really, he's really honing in on her. Like, this man is surrounded by women. Like, I'll give the movie that. This is a movie about, like, commando police getting sent out into the middle of uh, and Mars. And most of them are ladies. Yeah. Cool. But it's like, he's not trying to, like, sauce up Pam Greer or Clay DeVal. No. He's just like, Natasha Henster, the, the species woman. The one. The I one want that you. I want. I want you. And, yeah, it's, cra- um, it's crazy seeing a baby, Jason Statham. Yeah, with some um, hair still going on up there. A little bit of hair, nice. yeah. Do, doing, like, action stuff that he's still, like, you know, you see the... You know, he's, he's doing some fight choreography. This is like right that. before he's about to blow up a transporter because, like, Snatch and Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels are, Had like, that already the previous, happened. Those were, like, the previous three years. Snatch is 2000, so this is kind okay. of a follow-up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that Statham was supposed to play uh, Demolition Williams, that role. He, and he then, is. Yes, he was. And then when Ice Cube came on, they were kind of like, take this role. And he's just, and Jason Statham was probably like, you don't even fucking know what happens to this guy. He gets fucking mobbed by a bunch of, by a bunch of. Well, what's this shit then? He does die very uh, unceremoniously. He is, and this movie was reminding me of, and it's kind of interesting that these guys have been in movies together now. Is that there's like Jason Statham was like they were testing out the the release of Idris Elba, like they were just like, what if we, <laughs> you know just kind of pave the way like maybe hold off on releasing this model for another 10 years like let's see how everybody likes this and they're just like did he just say crikey <laughs> that's australian neither I, I neither of, yeah that's more australian if, if either of them would say cunt then we'd we'd really get there but i don't know mm-hmm. if we've ever heard them say cunt yeah well, what's all this then bruv bruv Bro, oh, these, these zombies got filthy cunts, eh? It's- oh, <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, we're losing it. It's it this was, was dude, it was this so was our best show. This it. was our best show, and now it's just yeah. it's just burning down. <laughs> <laughs> it started off good. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I think what's so weird about Ghosts of Mars is that yes, it does feel very Carpenter in so many ways, and the pitch of Precinct Thirteen in space. That sentence sounds cool. But it, it just turns all of his isms into just surface level. You know, there's no depth to the movie, despite it kind of wearing the, the John Carpenter skin mask, you know? And, uh, and it's, I mean, you know, he didn't write it, right? So, like, he just comes on to direct and kind of does his oh, thing, Oh, he, like, I guess. with this, uh, with Ghost of Mars. With Ghost of Mars. Yeah, he co-wrote Ghost of Mars. Oh, Which okay. is kind of like, I think at this point in his career, is he's kind of like handing off these ideas, these concepts. And someone's yeah. kind of tooling around with them and he's like, give me a basic script that I can sell, cast to, have actors memorize, yeah. and then we'll fuck around. Damn, because a lot of this movie is, is it, it's a heavily stylized movie. Yes. Um, it was made for very little money, uh, which shows from time to time. Um, yeah. It did not make... Uh, what's the perfect, what's the perfect phrasing? It did not make that much money. Um, okay. Or it made very little money. Um, okay. It was not successful. John Carpenter, uh, escaped to the mountains for a decade to lick his <laughs> wounds and hide. 
Um, they came back, came back down for one, one it's more a hurrah. Crazy, crazy, crazy. But I guess this is just what happens. Like we liked Escape from L.A. and we enjoyed, you know, the kind of uh, twisty world that he was messing around with in like in the mouth of madness and all of these things are kind of coming to a head in ghosts of mars and it's like maybe somebody really just should have without the satire unless this thing is satirizing something that i'm just not locked in on i think he has a quote where he's just like why are people taking this movie so seriously? It's supposed to be so, like you know, he's not taking the movie exactly that seriously, yeah. right? But yeah. that doesn't necessarily imply satire, right? You know, and it, I think it, that's it's just a good old like. I think there's a really good Ebert uh, review of the movie. Roger Ebert gave it three stars. Roger Ebert is notorious for like you know taking kind of schlocky action stuff and being like, no, I like this stuff too. I'm not just. I'm, yeah. I, I don't have like such an upper lip that I can't smell anything. He doesn't. He doesn't just love a twenty four movies. Exactly. Ooh, easy. Oh, down boy. Down. <laughs> Whoa. You're gonna get us canceled. Um. You hear that film Twitter? The, get out uh, of me. The it, it, he. How do I? It, Roger Ebert said like, for the type of movie that this is trying to be, it operates well, and I don't agree with that. Because I, I have seen Resident Evil, I have seen Event Horizon, um, Sphere, uh, I've seen like space horror sci-fi. I've seen, Do- I've seen Doom, bro. Like, yeah, it's like I get like, that. Like Doom is a terrible fucking movie. Yeah. I would rather watch Doom than Ghost of Mars. Much rather maybe. watch. Like Doom. it's, it's just like I. There's not a whole lot entertaining wise to go. You're not. You're not getting a lot out of this. You're spending four dollars to rent it on Amazon, and you're not getting much back. No, no, I they they really took your money on this one. Whereas, like you know, you watch a uh, Memoirs of Invisible Man, you're just like, you know, that roller coaster was not very good. There was some gum on the seat, but that one loop to loop was pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, you're just kind of like, oh, it's I'll really fun it. that one time where you almost get to see Chevy Chase's dick on that roller coaster. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that be that's how you sell a roller coaster. That's that's all I you, want out of. You might see Chevy Chase's dick you on might, this roller You're not coaster. seeing it on this one. We make yeah, no promises. You know, I just think, yeah, this movie, like, it has such... It just has, like, like no... It's directed by him, but it has, like, no direction. Like, I think it's much more obsessed with its aesthetic than anything. Um, but it's so messy. It's such a messy movie. I mean, and the thing is, like, what's the, what's the movie before this? Vampires, right? Yeah. And this feels well, like the follow. This feels like the follow up to vampires. It's Escape from L.A. because it's vampires and Escape from oh, L.A. So it really is just fucking weirder. It man. really is like I'm saying. Like it's just he kind of crushed these two things that he was kind of into. He's like, I'm into fucking vampire shit now. <laughs> like I, I love <laughs> the idea of Carpenter and then is like, I'm really into vampires these fucking days. Vampire shit. I uh, kind of like uh, futuristic gun stuff. I've never gone to space, and everybody says that I do sci-fi things, so let me just put it together. Put that I think there. I read something that Snake Plissken was originally going to be the Demolition Williams, Ugh. which would have been weird, but maybe slightly more interesting. <laughs> I mean, interesting, at least, because then there'd be something going on, and besides just having, like, I don't know, like, pouty ice cube? Like, what the fuck is this? Why, who, what, why would, why do you care about any of these characters? Why do you care about any of them? 
I mean, well, you know that the moments. one cop has like a drug problem, so it's like I guess I feel bad. You have a, but the drug seems pretty cool and doesn't really do anything bad. It doesn't do anything bad. They don't show like her going through withdrawal. They don't show it impeding her job anyway. She's mm. still super good at murder, like every other fucking cop and in the it, universe. And it scares the demons away. And it's and it's good for anti-demon stuff. That's Roger Ebert also said. He's like, at least, uh, at least we know that demonic Mars aliens uh, know uh, to like don't do drugs. <laughs> I'm like, all right, Roger, good job. They're more they're more straight edge than us. You're a king. Um, yeah, Ice Cube. You know, uh, if I may, huh, more like Puddle Cube. Um, oh, wow. This guy is yeah, sorry. The gloves are Whoa. off. It's a. Uh, there's moments in the movie where. You know, this is early Ice Cube, so this is, you know, uh, this is NWA, Ice Cube, kind of coming at you. And is that, he hasn't done much where, dramatic acting yet. No, yeah, like, he's this fresh, is kind of freshman like... freshman in the school. This yeah. is kind of like his first kind of foray into a somewhat more uh, dramatic role. Um, even though, like, again, it's not supposed to be taken too seriously, as Johnny right. says. Um, but he's... There's moments where he's just like, where there's like the metaphors of him talking about how like this planet has never wanted me. So why would I trust you? Or things that he says about like police where he's just like, police told you that I did this and you're a cop. So what do you think is going to happen when I try to tell you what also happened to like an ice cube, given who he is and the fact that he is a black man in like the yeah. late nineties, early aughts, like it carries like a weight to it, which I think makes sense for them to swap the role to a person of color, as opposed to Jason Statham, just being kind of like I'm wearing this black sleeveless shirt. You cunts. I'm trying to fuck you. Eh, mate. Oh, what if I, what if I uh, fucked that one over there? What about oh, this? One? This zombie looks like she'd go for a ride. Um, yeah. when he fucking, when Jason Statham, when we get that flashback within a flashback, within a flashback, um, mm-hmm. Jason Statham has a line that made me laugh out loud because it's like he like is following something running around. This is the first time they're really seeing things. Yeah. And he's like following this crazy bloody person running around. He watches this person stab Pam Greer's decapitated head onto a pike. And then he goes over a mountain and sees like hundreds of crazy looking motherfuckers just like holding up heads and screaming and starting fire and like waving big knives and swords around and then he gets on the radio and he's just like i think we got a situation here and it's like no dude you have a fucking situation you should be reacting to this because that's where we also get like the the flashback to, I guess they're just like, I don't fucking know what's going on in this movie. I get it. There was like space ghost air, whatever. And they get inside you and they make you go crazy for some fucking reason. And then you just kill people. And I don't know what they do other I mean, than this, that. So this is the world of the movie, the world of the movie that it's in the future. Humans have colonized Mars and Mars is starting to rebel against the humans by using them to achieve an exodus. Correct? That's what, what the world of the movie is. And then the inner plot of the movie is these cops and prisoners realizing this, having to band together to fight Mars, to fight against the planet that they have colonized. 
It's yucky. It's a little yucky. It's and, yucky. You know, and you're and if you think about them, in this movie is not meant to be dissected that way. No, I don't. I don't think that you know John Carpenter is going in there and being like, "I want to make a movie about killing quote unquote savages" because I'm an idiot. I don't think the that's what's only going on, the only survivors are like the quote unquote criminal and you know drug head. Yeah, you know. So with those chrome ass guns at the end, the ending Maybe. of this movie. <laughs> The end here is like insane. What do they say? And it's like at least I'm good at killing or something. Yeah, at least we're good at killing. They practically like high five and then just walk off screen as it. What's wait? What's the line? He's he's just like she's like you know you'd be a pretty good cop and he's like you'd be a pretty good criminal and And they're both like nah. It's like yeah, you guys are both good at killing. I don't fucking know what the fuck is the point of this. That's like they're saying like you'd be a pretty good cop, you'd be a pretty good crook, and I'm just like no. She's a good cop and he's a good crook. What? That's what this whole movie's been about. Yeah. I guess we're not that different, huh? And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I, I guess I guess you're uh, not. You are. She's a cop. <laughs> you don't work for anyone. It's so weird. It's so weird. It's so weird to make the whole movie a flashback. I can't get over it. Every time they flash forward, I'm just like, what is, what is the point of, of, of setting it up this way? I don't know. Um, anyway, let's let's talk about the ward. You want to talk about the ward? Do, do you have anything else you want to say about Ghost, Ghost of Mars? Mars? Uh, no. And what do I want to talk though? What if I forced you to say one more thing about Ghost of Mars? If if you if uh, you know it's silver plated Uzi to my head, uh, I would say some of the set design I like sometimes. Sometimes I like the way Mars looks with the backs with the black sky and and you know the red earth like sometimes I think that's cool. Most of the time it just looks samey and bad. Great. That's what you get. That's all you're I'm, getting from me. I'm glad. The Lord. Lord. Uh Why starring, is this the movie he decides to come I don't with? know. I really don't you, know, man. What did you have a harder time watching? The Ward or Ghost the ward, the ward, yeah, I, the ward for me too. It's I, fucking I watched, nightmare. Again, I watched uh, over. Uh, I watched over 150 new movies last year. I'm not bragging. I'm not proud of it, it but it's the truth. <laughs> you should um, be disgusted with yourself. And on top of that, I probably watched like another good, like I'd say, 50 movies just throughout the year of like randomly doing stuff. And then on top of that, multiple seasons of multiple shows, both old and new. So altogether, I watched like probably roughly, I've watched thousands of hours of TV last year. Yeah. The 85 minutes that it took for me to watch. An hour and 28 minutes is is, is (laughs) insane how distracted I, I sent you the video of that one guy like knocking on the door and being sleep. like, go to sleep. And I was like, this movie knows what it wants me to do. <laughs> and it's just aggressively <coughs> trying to trying to make you um, not care about it. I've never was, seen a movie scared. so successfully. I was scared. I'm like, I don't you. get it. I was so scared. I was yeah. like, am I not getting it? Like, I, I was going to come to the podcast and you're like, actually, Robbie, th- this is what the award's doing. And I was like, oh, fuck. I'm glad to know that I that's not because that. I was I'd like, never do that. No. Well, I mean, sometimes you know, this shit can go over my head. I'm human, right? Well, that's, that was kind of my worry this. too, where I was like, 
Because, again, I watched this movie in 2011 when it came out. I was most likely yeah. high out of my fucking mind and was just like, as Carpenter, sh- cool. And yeah. I don't really remember it. I, I, like, as I've said in previous episodes, because we knew we were getting to this point, I was like, I've seen Ghost of Mars. I don't remember it all that well. I yeah. remember not liking it too much. Let's see if maybe it's grown it's in 20 years. And I remember with the war being like, I'm pretty sure I liked it. I don't know. I don't really remember that much about it. Yeah. And now in watching it, this movie fucking sucks. Um, <sighs> it's so bad. It fucking sucks. It's like so it's it's it does one of those it's got one of those endings bad. where you're just like, come I forgot all about this ending, and I didn't see it coming because I was just baffled. I wasn't thinking about the movie because I was just baffled at how boring it is. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it gets to this point where like she lifts up the pages and I'm like, oh, are they fucking doing and then you have to watch them try to haphazardly explain away how it's all been inside her head and i'm just like you just took a movie that felt so pointless and made it actually pointless yes and also like why does this asylum only have one one person person? (laughs) they had that reveal and i was just i feel like the movie was just like isn't that cool I'm just yeah. like this isn't th- no, no no it's not it's not, it's not and cool it's at still, all it's still like the movie's still over in like the corner with that look that you just had on your face you know yeah, it's, it's like, glasses slightly down just peering over smirking cool right it's still over like yeah but it's pretty cool and I'm like no and it's like yeah it is you come on, come on. you know it's cool <laughs> you can like things it's okay and I'm just like that's not that's not cool I don't like what, what you're this doing is. and it's like this is not what this is <laughs> yeah you do it's pretty cool. Uh, it's what's a that, stupid, what's that movie? stupid movie. What's that? I, what's that Scorsese movie? Shutter Island. Shutter the movie Island. tries to Shutter Island me, and I'm just like, yeah. not today, fucker. Well, it's only like, one got to do that. It's like Identity. Have you ever seen Identity? No, I haven't seen Identity. Identity Is it a similar kind of. It's it's the exact same thing. Identity came out around the same time. This is obviously something that's been done a lot before. I think I've written at least four scripts. That I've also written like that. You know, I, it's I wrote okay. uh, my first screenplay was about a patient in the therapy office who his uh, his therapist was an extension of his, his psyche. Fantastic. That's why, stuff. that's why I said that's why I said it felt like a freshman script. So I was like, yeah. that's what everyone fucking writes for the first screenplay. We've yeah. all been there. I get it. Yeah, it it's fantastic. Like, it sounds like a great movie that I would love to watch. I don't maybe. know. If uh, maybe someone should go ahead and pull one of the greatest directors of all time out of a 10 year hiatus and spend 13 million fucking dollars on it. That's how much this movie costs? I don't know. Probably. Did they smoke half of it? It looks fucking expensive. Like, it's just like, this is like a set. This is like. Not not the. Do you remember the flashback scene? Oh, Jesus fucking. Where where every. Like, that one girl's. The girl with like the doll with the rabbit, her like uh, arms are glowing. (laughs) Almost like. It's crazy. <sighs> yeah, it's it's a wild little fucking movie. It's, it's bananas. I and Identity was this movie that you spend it. It's all of these people end up at this motel, um, and it's like John Cusack, Ray Liotta. I think Clay Duvall from <coughs> Ghost of Mars is also in it. There's loads of people in this in this movie, and then um, one by one they all start dying, and. You don't know what's going on. And throughout the movie, there's also intercuts of like this truck driving somewhere, like this kind of big van. And at the Mm. end of the movie, you see someone get out of the van 
and it's 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 a cuckoo McCrazy who's like in loads of movies and I can't remember the actor's name. Uh, but you find out crazy. that all of these characters have been battling each other inside this guy's mind and murdering each other to see who's going to be the final, the final one Pers- to personality. Personality, right. yeah. And it is, yeah. it's really stupid. But the movie kind of knows that it's stupid and then kind of goes with it a little bit more in this stupid way, and it kind of. It kind of anti-stupids the stupid. It takes stupid yeah. pills. I mean, like, you know, like, I'm not saying multiple. Not. No, no, it's it, it. She doesn't take any pills in the movie. Not even the anti-stupid ones. Oh, well, the fucking Flintstone vitamins that they came out of the Well, I mean, that's like the Ghost of Mars drug, too, where it's just like, okay, here's your uh, here's your Claritin. Now go trip balls. Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> um, and, you know, yeah, multiple personality <sighs> plot points, like... I'm not saying they're all bad. Like I think Split actually does it surprisingly well. Totally. Um, I've seen other. You know, Fight Club does it in a legendary way. Shutter Island sure. people people like that movie. That's good for them. Um, you know, it's it can be done Shutter, sh- well. Shutter Island does slap. I'm just saying. Yeah, it does slap. I I have good. to re. It ha- it's a little. Um, I have to watch it again because I saw it when I was. It's like, it's very much but, like a schlo- it's Scorsese having fun, which is good to yeah. which is good to see. Well, you know when that movie came out, like it was like the hype juice. It was like Inception for like a few months. Well, and, and that's think, the other unfortunate was, thing is like yeah. it came out right around Inception, and it has yeah. a very similar story like character arc for Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio's I, I, character. I remember like, just getting like blasted by people just who fucking love that movie and I need to watch it again now where I can have more fun. You know what I mean? That's a good lazy day movie. I believe it. I believe it 100%. I you will got, I will watch it real again. good uh Mark Ruffalo yeah. in there, duly appointed federal marshals. Marshals. Um yeah, not trying to talk too much smack about uh Star Island. But it's a bit, you know, it has a bit of a uh, the way that you can kind of tease in, in Inception and give it a ribbing. I think you can do the same with. Of course, Star yes. Island. Yes. 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 Yeah, it's uh, the ending to the ward as terrible as it is is not um the worst part about it. It is so unfortunate and it's kind of like again, I almost don't blame John Carpenter. Part of that might be because I want to maintain this like this goat status that he has in my head. But it's also just like, you can tell in ghost of Mars, he's just kind of kind of like he's, he's not in control of his beast that he's creating. Like ghost of Mars could be cool if it had a little bit going on, but the ward is just like the only thing that will make this movie even passively good would be, John Carpenter's really awesome directing style from like Halloween and The Fog. Take it yeah. all the way back, bring it low key, low lighting, slow tracking shots, long takes. Let us live in this world. Yeah. And everything in this movie is just lit out of control. Everyone is like wearing the clothes. So much the costu- makeup and the it's costuming is weird. Crazy. I was like, I, I almost texted you too. I was just like, boy, oh boy. All these women look really good for, for being, being in, a mental, in a mental institution. Asylum. And, I just, and then, like, you know, it, it almost they're not is real, like, so I guess it, it doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't matter. fucking matter. Well, that's also how it feels like, you know, at one point, like, you know, they're they're slowly murdering these women or torturing them. And I'm just like, I don't really get what the fucking point of this is. Before, you know, you, you tell you what the point is and it's not all that great. But until then, like, I'm like, I don't really get what the fucking point of this is. 
I don't really care about these people, but I also don't want to see them get electrocuted. Like, it's not really doing much for me right now. I don't really like this. Go and to then sleep. They, then, yeah, <laughs> go to sleep. And then you're just like, oh, the, they've only been abusing one woman the whole time, not not five. And you're like, oh, great, thank you. Uh, <laughs> just, like, not into it. Yeah, and then, like, you know, the, the go to sleep guy is, like, acting like a fucking chud throughout the whole yeah. movie. And then at the end, he's like, I brought you your stuff. And I also fix, nice your, I, you, I fix your bracelet. <laughs> Isn't it crazy that like <laughs> I slammed your ass against the wall that one time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess I, I don't fucking know, man. No, go. Come on. Well, yeah, it also it presents all the, you know, another it's like, it's like a yucky thing when you put it on the microscope. It's like it presents all of these um the movie is like gaslighting itself. It presents all of these characters, wow. like the therapist and the um, and and the the guy that we were just talking about, and then the woman who who just has a syringe all the time, and it presents them as like the movie. It's like, oh no, these people are bad. They're they're against our protagonist. They are they are running the asylum incorrectly. And then once it's revealed that actually our hero is, is a lot sicker than we realized, that she actually has this multiple personality disorder, and then it presents all these characters as heroes. It's it's kind of disgusting for the last five minutes of the movie. Yeah, yeah, it's it's gross. It's gross. And again, like it's when you put it under this microscope. But like, no, there's no other Carpenter movie that like when you you know you don't look at They Live and you're like when you put it under a microscope it gets kind of yucky. It's like no, it gets better. You know yeah, these movies to, like go like to sleep. Under, go to sleep. Yeah, I can't tell so you how much that was making me laugh just thinking because well, I was early the... on in the movie and I'm just like it's just fucking so hard to watch this movie. <laughs> I'm fucking, I'm baking dough over here. I'm like letting bread rise because I'm so just nightmarishly done watching this movie and there's an hour left. I mean, it's, this, it's know, unfair. It was unfair at, of at, me. At the time of us recording this, like, you know, we, we've been doing a lot of story screen stuff. We have our best self podcast tomorrow. I edited a video earlier this week. So Great it's video. just like. Great video. Thank you very much. But, you know, just like. I was like, I am not going to have, I don't have time to watch some of the movies for the podcast tomorrow. (laughs) Like, I don't have time to watch, like, I have to watch, like, Beanpole or or the uh, Talking Heads movie or something. Because I don't have time to watch both. Like, I just can't do it. Well, I will say that uh, me and D have seen Beanpole, but no one else has. And the yeah. David Byrne thing, me and D are watching that tonight. So Byrne will at least have that us to talk with. But it's up to you yeah. which one you want to watch. Like, again, David Byrne's American Utopia is free on HBO. Beanpole, you're going to have to shell yeah. out some Kizash. Yeah. But, is it yeah. 20 bucks? It's not 20 bucks, is it? No, it's like it's like oh, four okay. bucks. It's something cool. like that. Um, well, I was like promising a woman they're just like $20 today. You're like, and, and you did it. You did it. Hey, man, I did you it. fucking did it. It earned that 20 bucks. You got Wall Street, you got Wall Street bets. <laughs> I did get Wall Street bets. Um, it's again, like, you know, go to sleep. The movie is, <laughs> it's it. actively, I wouldn't be surprised if John Carpenter somewhere in an interview by this point, or maybe like, you know, we, we've just hit the, the this month is the ward's 10 year anniversary. Is it really? It came out in January, 2011. So is not remembered too fondly. <laughs> I wonder if he'll come out and he'll say like, oh, that movie that I came out of retirement for after 10 years, like that movie was a joke. I did that on purpose. And it's like, he could own that. And sure. even if he's making sure. it up, I believe him. Because I have never seen, I have watched, <clears throat> I watch boring stuff sometimes. I watch yeah. things. I never turn a movie off. 
I, I, there's only like, I think it's something like four movies in my entire life have I ever walked out of or stopped halfway because I'm just like, I'm over it. I yeah, don't want to do it anymore. I have given the movie its chance. I'm done. Um, and this movie probably wouldn't have been one of those just because it's Carpenter. Because I want to know where he's going. Dude, I, I thought, like, I was like, I'm going to skip around the movie. I fucking can't do this yeah, anymore. I didn't. Crazy. I didn't. But I almost was like, I'm a 15 second fast forward through some of this. I had like, to rewind a bunch of times because <coughs> I, I wasn't on my phone. I wasn't looking at my phone. Like, I'm very, I try, I'm very against, like, I try not to look at my phone. I'm not like, you're, oh, you're good, put my phone boy. over on the bookshelf so I can't reach it. I'm like, no, if I want to look at my phone, I'll look at it. But I try not to. And yeah. I'm, my eyes are, I'm looking <laughs> at the screen. There's nothing else going on. I'm sipping my coffee. I am hearing the words. I am looking at the screen. And all of a sudden, I'm like, wait, what happened to Meryl Streep's daughter? What? Where'd she go? And I have to rewind. And I'm like, I probably just missed it like 15 seconds ago. And I have to go back two solid minutes. Yeah. And be and like, now, now the movie is two minutes longer, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'm just like, ah. I had to do that with the uh, the bunny reveal, which is the reveal of the whole. And I was just like, oh, this seems important. I really should yeah. understand what's happening. And it quote unquote is important but like it doesn't like it doesn't fucking it, it doesn't fucking matter because there's two reveals in the movie and they're and they're inconsequential or one kind of cancels out the other anyway yeah go to sleep it's the movie <laughs> and then like the ending with the mirror which is a cool shot I, I actually so like that part I'm like okay so that's like the movie I want to see yeah like like this person being haunted being haunted by a personality is not like um you know, they're vibing until they don't, I don't, you know. So do they explain why a new personality just shows up out of nowhere? Um, please. No, no. Okay. No. Well, I think the, what I, I think in the moment, like what I, the blank I filled in was, um, she's like the most well adjusted. So maybe the, well, I don't know what the personalities want. What do they fucking desire? Like, they want to they get out, but some of them, like, don't? I mean, it's kind of like, yeah, there's like... And I don't... One's like an artist, and one's a child. Uh, one's like, I don't know, a bitch? Like, I guess that's like that personality. Yeah, yeah. That's, so, that's, an, bet, that's a personality trait, I, I guess. Yeah, I, have, I have a bitch personality yeah, as well. And it, and it looks like Meryl Streep's daughter. It looks like Meryl Streep's daughter. It looks like Mammy Gummer, yeah. So and then there's and then there's the monster that haunts all of them because they killed one of the personalities. Like I don't know. But that's like actually her, so it's her. Like that's the real fighting, person. Fighting back. Go to sleep. It's <laughs> when she when she hits the monster version of her, before you know it's a version of her, with the hatchet. Oh, and yeah. she's bleeding ever. I was like I was so like, can oh, you wait, can you just like, hurt the can you when just she's hurt the ghost? punching it and like punching it and it's like hitting things and she hits it over the head with something I'm like wait is this like the doctors are dressing up like these creepy people and fucking with these people oh, like yeah. that's wild <laughs> and then she just accident like she just killed she murdered like that that lady from like the front I'm yeah. like 
is that where this thing's going? And then it's just like, no, we're going to fucking go to sleep. Like, you need to fucking <laughs> check this shit out. It's time for bed. It's, oh, man. What a fucking movie. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. wild, man. It, it is like, it's so, it's both sad to see it in the context of like John Carpenter's career. But in a lot of ways, the difference between John Carpenter and Kevin Smith mm. is that Johnny Boy know how to, knows how to get out. You know what I mean? And sure. Kevin Smith kind of like Kevin Smith kind of like has turned more insular where he was just like, well, people aren't going to really buy the movies I make or if people are buying the movies I make, then I have to like not make them the way I really want to. It's so the, going it's to the dark night fund. Yeah. It's it's he Kevin Smith could have died a hero, but he lived long enough to see himself become the villain. Clerks three. And he's just like, I can't be the villain, right? What I'm doing is good. And it's just like, you think making Clerks three is in any way the right thing to do at any well, because time? He had, you know, I mean, go the, to the sleep. Is, <laughs> the thing is, and, and, and not to throw too much shit at Kevin Smith, like he has created a, a Kevin Smith platform that is funded by people who sure. want to see more Kevin Smith. So it's that like, is fine. sure. Like that's fine. He's doing his thing. That's fine. Yeah. But you know, John Carpenter was, I think, Maybe if John Carpenter was like, you know, in around the same time where where uh, things like Kickstarter, GoFundMe's, or even like Patreon, things where it's like you can make kind of like the John Carpenter platform and have podcasts, radio shows, and then build it into into an empire almost. Mm-hmm. Maybe he'd be more into that. But I think I think Carpenter was just kind of like, I don't really. I think he's like, out of it. I, I think he like, I am done. Like he yeah. likes making music and. His last he likes two Assassin's movies. Creed Valhalla. Sure, yeah, it's like he's—he's <laughs> he's just like I don't. Th- I think he just was kind of like, look, I lost it, and that happens sometimes. Directors lose it. Uh, I think Kevin Smith is a perfect example. I very much think that Kevin Smith lost what he had, um, yeah. which isn't his fault too, because I think he did um, seek that change out. I don't. I think he didn't. He was not interested in being the chasing Amy. Clerks Mallrats guy. The, the, that's what dogma is. Dogma is him very much being like, I'm not going to do this forever. Fighting Look how wild and weird I can get with this. Okay, yeah. now I'm going to make, you know, my horror movie. Now I'm going to make, you know, my action movie. Like, he's he was trying to branch out. And I think it just didn't work out because as much as he might like those types of movies, not everybody can't just make whatever movies they want. And that's the unfortunate thing is that just because you like all types of movies doesn't mean that you, even if you're a talented screenwriter and director, have the aesthetic necessary to create the types of movies that you love. And that's yeah. just it. Like, I love pizza, but I'm fucking up with this gluten-free pizza dough shit. Like, it, but I, I, I'll get it. But, like, you know, I'm, I am clerks too, Kevin Smith right now. Like, I am... Well, I, just I mean, keep I think going the, back I think to the, the well. issue... I think the issue with some of that stuff is like, you know, I, I, I push back against that only in the way that I, I'm like, yeah, I, I think directors can kind of direct whatever they want, but I think the trapping they fall, fall into, it's like, I'm going to do action, but my way. Sure. And it's just like, okay, but your way is not always like, it's not going to fit with the parameters of genre always. And like, you know, there's yeah. some, you know, and there's sometimes where like the meeting works, right? Like, like for example, I, I like red state and that's like, Kevin Smith doing horror. And for me, that really elevates his, his style. You know, it, it kind of works. But then like when he's like, I'm going to do, I'm going to hit that same beat again and do something like Tusk. It's like, 
it doesn't really work. It, sure. it just it has it doesn't really have that vibe. And like with Carpenter, like you know it, you know he he's a very flexible storyteller, you yes. know, and he has a very identifiable style. But then I think the style got louder than than what making like a cohesive piece of media can be you know i'm not I, really I, sure it's hard to pin him down like what exactly i think it's the wrong. times the times they are a changing you know the yeah. the stuff that yeah, he was point. making in the 80s was ahead of its time the 90s kind of caught up with him when he was making stuff like escape from la on the goofier side and in the mouth of madness in those eras even vampires yeah. is extremely goofy but it's just kind of like you know he i think he just kind of you know he always wanted to have fun directing uh and he was always kind of pushing himself to make goofy choices and have fun, work with people that he liked. And I think it just got to a point where he's just like, I, I, I literally think that he just, he just lost it. And I think he said that he, he did like he lost it in ghost of Mars somewhere along, like between vampires escape from LA and ghost of Mars. He just lost it and was running on steam, about, man. It, it, it happens. happens. Yeah, it's just like, I mean, luckily, like, you know, he had a career, he's set up, he's good, and he has other art forms that he certainly excels at. But it just, you know, it's just, it's a little bit like something that gets under my skin. Like, you want to think that if you're good at something, you kind of do it forever, right? I mean, think about it this way. It's like Zack Snyder kind of broke out onto the scene in like, in 2004 or whatever. Yeah. um, With uh, like Dawn of the Dead and stuff. So imagine, like, it's been... It's been almost 20 years that we've had yeah, Zack been, Snyder. Yeah. And John Carpenter like popped up in like 1977 essentially and then was done in 2001. So he's essentially around for 24 years. So it's like yeah. imagine if Zack Snyder just like lost it in the next like 6 years and just stopped making movies. Or if Quentin Tarantino stopped doing it now. You know, like cuz he's been yeah. around for about another decade. So it's like but Tarantino still has it and he's producing yeah. stuff that is universally like beloved except by people who just like don't like white boy shit, which I'm like, sure, I guess that's fine. Um, yeah. I love it. I love white boy shit. Give it to me. Yum, yum, yum. Go well, to sleep. You know, I mean, you know, the, the thing, <laughs> go to sleep. I think what's cool about like something about like once upon a time in Hollywood is that it's, it's so fresh, right? Yeah. It's so it's it, it's Tarantino, but elevated or or and like restrained in a lot of ways. Yeah. For someone who who comes across as very like ego maniacal, it's a very restrained movie as far as his his other films are concerned. Whereas like something about like Ghosts of Mars, it's it's kind of like unhinged. He you was know, allowed like, to do whatever he wanted on that. Yeah, movie. I and don't I think, think people were watching him. No, that's what it seems like. I mean, at that point, he's he's a legend, right? So it's hard to kind of be like, hey, and maybe that's and, uh, and that maybe that's part argument, of it. But that, uh, yeah, yeah, you can make the same argument about like Tenant, and it would be an argument because some people really fuck with Tenant, you know. <sighs> to me, Tenant feels unhinged. Sure, Tenant feels just like it's like I don't fucking know. Am I saying that Nolan has quote unquote lost it? No, I think there. I think that movie is not for me. But there's enough of a of a clamor around it that people fuck with it, you know, yeah. and see more in it than I do. Yeah, we talked about Tenet on the episode that like the hot takes that we covered too. And you know, my main thing with that was like, I like look, I get Tenet, I get what they're doing. I think it's pretty cool. I don't enjoy watching it. I like no. <laughs> the movie. I think the movie is like very well executed. It's just like, it's not an enjoyable thing for me to do. 
It's literally, yeah. it's go to sleep movie. It's like halfway through, I'm just like, <laughs> fucking Jesus. Let's, let's just stop. <laughs> Son of God. Like, let's just. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's interesting to see how some directors can quote unquote lose it and keep it and how some directors I think really can evolve over time. Like someone like Ridley Scott has certainly had his ups and downs, right? But I would never say he's lost it. No, he's he's another, he's a very good kind of comparison for John Carpenter because they kind of both came from the same era. And Ridley Scott in like, you know, in the late 90s, early aughts was just kind of like, I'm going to change the types of movies that I make. And he started doing like Gladiator and like all this weird shit. And then in like the tens, in the teens, he was just like, I can literally do whatever I want. As long as I put my name on it, I can get any amount of money to do whatever I want. I'm going to do some batshit wild stuff. And not all of it is good. To be frank, most of it's not. Um, But I think that that's something like Scott chose to stay in the game, change it up, mix it up, see what works, and just kind of make movies every now and then and make a living off that. And I think Carpenter was just kind of like, I'm not interested in making movies just for the sake of making them, just because I'm John Carpenter director. I want to try something else. And I think that's what's really neat about his music career blasting off after like the failure of the ward and him just kind of being like, I'm going to release some like unrecorded music that I've made and I'm going to partner up with like my son and my son-in-law and we're going to do a couple albums. Now all of a sudden we're scoring movies and now we're doing tours and now we're like an actual band. Like it's, it's cool. It's cool. It is cool. And like, you know, he, he, uh, executive produced, uh, the new Halloween movie. So I'm sure he's had some kind of like oversight. And I, I, I would like to see him do even more, uh, executive producer roles to see him kind of be more of like, I'm not directing it. I'm not writing it, but I, I am kind of like keeper of the vibe. Sure. I can kind of, I can kind of, I fuck with that a little bit. But who knows? I mean, I, it doesn't seem like he's super interested in that. I think with Halloween, you kind of really just need him to be there, whether it's on paper or on set. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, he, he's the he's he's the uh, he's the spooky daddy. He is spooky daddy, and you know it's cool. But like, it's it's interesting to see like something like Ghost of Mars, which is like trying to be like Assault in Precinct Thirteen in space, and it's him doing it. But then and it just like not really work. And then you watch like VFW, and it's like it's just like works. Mm-hmm. so hard and it's and it's like those other movies you know it's very it's very inspired and similar to them and it's and it's great i love vfw that came out last year i thought it was awesome yep so it's interesting it's weird the ward remind me a lot of unsane but obviously uh sure not as good not as good yeah, <laughs> not as good. yeah. Where you want to watch Unsane again. Yeah, where you know? Unsane's like very low budget and like kind of micro filmmaking is one of the most interesting aspects of it. The ward is just kind of like, are you guys accidentally like making this look like shit? Like, you obviously have money. It's John Carpenter. Yeah. So you like, have money. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's weird. Well, all right. I guess that's it. We're done talking about John Carpenter. Uh, I mean, I know that we did want to talk about Baccarat, kind of come back to that yes. again. Um, for those that haven't been listening with us the whole way through, uh, this, mo- this this show, Stalking Carpenter, was kind of born from 
uh, us all watching Baccarat together last year, about almost one year to the day. Um, yeah. I mean, we're getting pretty close. Well, we uh, watched a couple months off. So it was like March or April. March. I think it was, I think March, it was the end of March. Yeah. yeah. So we're still a little bit of ways out there, but it was, um, you know, we, we watched Baccarat and we all really liked it. And then we talked about how there's a lot of John Carpenter like references. It's, it's kind of built on like a love letter to Carpenter movies while also remaining its own thing to the point where like you loved Baccarat, but you didn't get any of the references. Like it operates fully well, on its own. Well, you know, I wouldn't even say that at the time that I watched it, I, I loved it. I think I was like intrigued by it. Like I wasn't sure. like, it's bad, you know, but I was just like, it's cool. I just don't think I, I wrote a, Baccarat was on my uh, top 10 list of, mm-hmm. of movies of last year. <clears throat> and it, it found its way onto my top 10 list because we are doing this podcast and, and, uh, I started to kind of speak the language of Baccarat, not Portuguese, but uh, the the Carpenter language of it, and and uh, so when I rewatched it, I was just kind of like, you know, there were some references and stuff that I could have looked up and figured out, but it was more of just like the vibe made more sense to me. Totally, the tone made more sense to me, um, and I was able to like it more. But I remember watching it just kind of being like, the, the, for the first time, and being like, oh, this movie's just kind of like it just feels like it's doing something that I am not clicking with. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it was, and you know, when we did the podcast, it was kind of like, well, it's, you know, it's based on this Carpenter stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I'll fucking know. Yeah. Like, Cause you'd only, looks, yeah. you know, it is legend at this point, but when yes. we started the show, like you had only ever seen like Halloween and like a little bit of the thing. Like, I think that was kind of like your own. Only... I don't think I've even seen the thing. I've seen Halloween. Yeah. And I think so, that was it. I think that was it. Yeah. That's and so it. we've been watching them all the way through in chronological order. We even watched the, the like the TV movie and Elvis. Yeah. Man, remember yeah. someone's watching me? Remember that movie? Wait, someone's watching me. What the fuck is that one about? That's the one with like the telescope and she's in the apartment oh, building. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was like his first movie. That one was pretty cool. Yeah, what was the third Elvis, one? I remember, I remember being like, yo, Elvis fucks. Yeah, what was the third one in that? It was, uh, was it Body Bags? Right? Yeah. It, we did Elvis, Someone's Watching Me, and Body Bags because those were his TV movies. Oh, because he was like, Body Bags was two thirds cool. Yes. The stuff that, the ones that he did, the ones that he cool. did was yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like watching Baccarat, Baccarat like it, it's cool. It even ha- you know it has a John Carpenter song in it, and that song fucking rocks. Um, and and yeah, it was cool visiting Baccarat again and kind of like being on the same page with the movie and um, and the movie. You know, it, I, I, high if you're listening to this and you're into Carpenter, like Baccarat is the best Carpenter movie in years. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's cool. Burgess vibing on his, uh, I'm his lighting. I got right like now. my light coming in here, and I kind of feel like the, like the like the like the vibe cat. The vibe cat. You know the vibe cat. That's just like yeah. He got the head bop. Yeah, I feel, I feel it. Baccarat uh, fucks man. It's a good movie. Made it on my list. Uh, it is. It's just uh, all the carpenterisms are something that makes the movie extremely special. But beyond those, it's already just pretty Still much like great. a very yeah. special movie. It's got its own things going on. I guarantee there's people that have watched that movie and loved it that have no idea that, you know, the bank is named after, you know, a character from Escape from New York or that, you know, the jail cell is like <clears throat> Precinct 13. Like, you don't need stuff like that because, like you said, the most important part in there is that they've kind of harnessed this Carpenter vibe. 
And I'm kind of hoping like that John Carpenter has seen this movie. I would hope that he has. And I'm kind of hoping that that he starts producing stuff for them and kind of takes them on as, like you said, like kind of like this, uh, this master of the vibe, this controller of the vibe, because that's one of the things that's the greatest stuff about all the Carpenter movies, whether it's memoirs of an invisible man, they live uh, vampires or escape from New York. It's he's got this vibe and this energy and even when he changes the tone of that vibe, you can still tell that it's like it's uncannily Carpenter. You know what I mean? Yes. That would yeah, have been a great name for this show, too. Uncannily Carpenter? Amen. It's not Carpenter. Cool. Yeah, it is. I like it. Yeah, it's cool. And, like, you know, I think another thing that Baccarat does well that um, is his movies that we talked about this episode did not do well is that Baccarat has a really good, like, uh, you know, core message. Yes. It. You know, it's anti colonization, it's anti imperialism. You know, and uh, and and that's and that's like very much at the forefront of the movie. Um, and I think what Bakaro does that's very different than Carpenter movies is that there's like there's like no kind of like uh, Carpenter movies are very much like you know you're kind of following someone who's getting blown into town a lot of ways. Sure, he almost has like 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 Western aspect to it in, in a lot of his movies. Yeah, he's got that. Or you're bam, like you're bam, bam. exactly, and like you know the times where you deal with even like ensemble cast, you're still dealing with like one kind of touchstone character who is Kurt Russell all the time. But like in, in uh, Baccarat, it's cool. Cause it's like, it's really like the community of Baccarat is kind of like the hero, you know, it's like, it's how they band together. There's not really a single touchstone character. That is maybe, maybe in like the first too. act, you yeah. know? Well, and I think that's kind of the twist of it is like Baccarat and I won't get too specific into it just for anybody that wants to still check it out, but um, sure. highly recommend um, it is, you know, it's interesting that the movie kind of starts out one way and you think it's going to be this type of movie because you get introduced to like a protagonist character. You learn a little bit about her. You get introduced to some side characters, a love interest, all that stuff. All the rules are being set up. Yeah. And then, you know, the movie has a, they, they, they lay out the rug and everything and then they pull the rug right out from under you. And the movie changes into something completely different that like when I watched it with D and she loved it too, I think it almost broke her list. Like she loved it so much because she hadn't watched it with us originally a year ago when I rewatched it after Carpenter and everything. And for the rewatch on my 2020 list, um, when that moment happens in the movie, she's like, wait, what? And I was just like, that's insane that you still didn't know that that's what this movie becomes a year after its release. Cause I feel like when it first yeah. came out, no one was really talking about it. It didn't get a I wide mean, now, release. It was one of those first digital it, things. I would say it still doesn't have like a crazy talk about it. Right. Like I, I've seen it on other people's lists. Yeah, it's all like over the club and things. And yeah. yeah. It's, it's there, but it's still like, you know, there's a bit of like a, a barrier to entry to watching that movie. It's not immediately grabbing, especially if you don't like, like me rewatching it. So kind of knowing where it goes also yeah. helped. But now going into it with like, it's just a brain loaded with carpenter shit. Like it's nuts that it like it starts off almost like to, to use a very crude, like kind of like allegory. Um, it's, it's, it's like, it starts off like, a, like, um, like an inkwell pen like a fancy inkwell pen and it's just it's elegant and artsy it's got this attitude to it the lighting is great and by the end of the movie it's just like a box of crayola crayons but that's not (laughs) i'm not trying to be negative it like it becomes so 
completely opposite of what it is when it starts. And I think, yeah. and both of those things are great. Uh, it's well, a really it's, special it's, movie. Yeah, it has a great bridge that kind of connects them both. You know, it does feel like kind of like two two movies brought together. Yes, you know, and uh, and it's very cool the way that it does it. It's a, it's a great. It, that's a great flick, and you know, there it, it, it can't be said enough how you know, despite a lot of Carpenter's last efforts not really being that good or that fun to watch. The, the films he's inspired have been some of my favorite movies ever, you know, like, like what do you like the, the filmmakers and the types of movies and the Carpenter isms are, are forever. And, and the batons being passed to so many brilliant directors, writers, and, and people on set, like they, they carry the torch of the things that we love about his movies, you know, and, and they're great. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the things I'm pretty excited about doing the next couple of days. Now that we finally finished it and we've talked about it. Um, is uh, I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna rewatch the the Halloween from a couple years ago because yeah. you know that's got his score. That's and true. I would say, and he was you know very much a part of like the process of both you know creating it, making it. So that is kind of like the unofficial like last movie that he's like the closest tied to. Um, and I know that I love that movie, so I'm kind of like to wipe yeah. wash the taste out, you know. In 2001, yeah. no. In 2011, no. no. But in 2017, like, or 2018, rather, I'm into that. I'm into that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I mean, I, lo- I love the Halloween movie, man. Hey, man. That's a good soundtrack. That, that's a good score. It has a good soundtrack. I, like, I think the movie fucking slaps. I Wayne. hope that the, the rest of the trilogy is good. We'll see. We'll see. I'm hoping. I mean, it's as long as they kind of just keep in line with the we're only taking this half seriously kind of attitude. I'm into it. Like I want them to still be goofball, goofball McGraw, you know, like the biggest gripe that Halloween has is that that movie already existed and it was called Halloween H2O and they made it 20 years ago. And it's like, it's pretty much the same fucking movie only, uh, only better. And it's like, okay, good. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Do it again. Yes, please. Do it again. Um, yeah, so that's it. That's it, baby. We did it. We did it. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. If you've been listening uh, throughout the whole show again, here we here we are at the end of our journey. Um, and of course, uh, at the time of the first posting of this, like this is our exclusive content show. This is one of our main shows and our exclusive content for all our members. But we slowly release them to the public after a while. Um, so if you're listening to this in the far distant future and it's on our public channel and stuff, you know. Great job. Uh, Thank hope, you. Hope we're still around. I wonder who's president. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about what we got coming up next, Robbie. Yeah, so we're going to do another type of retrospective podcast, but instead of following a person, instead of stalking a person, we're going to be talking about uh, some fabled, some fabled types of movie. I wouldn't even say genre, but we're talking about one of the strangest adaptive mediums to film that have ever existed. We're talking about video game adapted movies. We're doing a whole series. Um, Mike, I don't, I, do we come up with a name for it? Uh, I was thinking like we were talking about, <laughs> we were talking about 8-bit. Oh yeah, 8-bit. 8-bit. Do that. 8-bit because we're going to cover eight movies. We're going to have eight episodes. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna do, you know. I think the idea was we have a we have a basic list written out, 
uh, talking about some video game adaptations to both film and television. Uh, and pretty much the idea being like, we'll have a main focal point kind of like to cover that one. And then we'll also have a couple like little movies on the side that are kind yep. of like that. Yeah. I think it's going to be fun. We, uh, we put a lot of thought into, into the, the movies. Yeah. We got a good, we got a good variety list uh, that I think yeah. will start some good conversations. Cause I am movie boy and you are also movie boy, but as some may know, um, you, you like, video you like boy. video games. You like them. A video game, a game. You're a, uh, I hope I'm not putting you out on the spot here, but you are a uh, recent um, adopted parent of uh, <laughs> of a PlayStation sunk. Yeah, I got the uh, the PlayStation 5. It's about the size of a newborn baby, if not bigger. Um, yeah, it looks big. like an air filter. Uh, it's fucking huge. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just got a PlayStation 5. It's very cool. I very much like it. It was very hard to get. <laughs> um at the time of this recording, they are almost impossible to acquire, but I somehow weaseled my way in there and Beautiful. scooped one up. Yeah, so it's very uh, cool. I really, I really enjoy it. Yeah, he's a video game boy. I enjoy video games. I'm not as I'm not as hardcore into them because all of my other hobbies kind of take up the time that would do that. But uh, I'll play a game or two a year, and uh, so I think we pick some. Yeah. I think we pick some movie adaptations that'll really kind of spark some interesting conversations on certain franchises and stuff that I have played in the past. And I'm looking forward to kind of revisiting a couple of them uh, as we go through. So yeah, that'll be starting up next month. Um, This one's coming out in February. So starting March 1st, that'll be the first episode of 8-Bit. Robbie, you want to tell them what the first episode's covering? We're doing that Super Mario Brothers. Of course we are. Classic. You have to. You have to start. I don't know if I've ever, I don't know if I've ever seen it. You would definitely remember. It's a weird fucking movie. Yeah, I well, you know, like you know, it's kind of like in my mind just from seeing like trailers and clips, mm-hmm. right? Like, well, it's, it's so fucking strange. The reason that I think it's like <laughs> a good starting point is not only because it it pretty much is kind of the first like straight on video game adaptation into a film. Like, you've got a couple weird ones beforehand, but nothing, nothing like to the point of like you know when you adapt stuff from a video game into a movie, you have to change certain elements. You actually have to adapt it to make it make sense. And no movie has ever done that more um, shockingly than some of the choices that they make it like, well, how do we do the mushroom thing in this movie? And it's like, well, they figure it out. There we go. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's coming up next. Uh, Super Mario Brothers on 8-Bit. It's going to be fun. And... uh, yeah, so until then, thank you guys again for uh, joining us as we talk about The Carpenter. It's been fun. And hey, if he ever does make another movie, we'll, um, come, back. we'll come back. And we'll, uh, we will stalk once again. Yes. All right, until then, Robbie, thanks as always. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate it. And uh, have fun watching movies, everybody. Go to sleep.